This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. First, a program note for those of you who listened to my promo just before the 10 o'clock news. I was talking about the cases of people being banned from the U.S. after trying to cross the border with CBD oil. CBD, of course, the non-psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. Okay, we will have that item at the bottom of the hour. But first the ever-controversial King Street Transit Corridor. As if we haven't talked about it enough, many drivers don't seem to be getting the message that you can only drive for one block at a time between Bathurst and Jarvis before being forced to turn right. Now, since the beginning of the project in November 2017 and this past July, Toronto police have issued, get this, 16,000 tickets to drivers for violating this traffic law. Now, residents from the neighborhood say that doesn't even capture the amount of people who break the law because they see drivers blowing through there constantly, and there usually aren't cops around to catch them. The police say that the people they do catch, the culprits, are often from out of town. So are we just preying on hapless tourists and giving them a nasty souvenir? I'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, and by the way, the penalties are not insignificant. We're talking about a $110 fine and three demerit points. And there are other issues to follow up on traffic driving always being a big deal as we head into the long weekend. Remember the mayor was here touting a crackdown on those inconsiderate drivers who blast their radios or run all these souped-up noisy equipment? What happened with that? So... Right now, I am joined by Sergeant Brett Moore of Toronto Police Traffic Services and Councillor Stephen Holliday, Ward 2 Etobicoke Centre, and he is also a Deputy Mayor. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, Libby. Hello to you and to the Zoomers. Okay. And to Sergeant Moore. Okay, Sergeant Moore, hi. Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm well. What is up with drivers? Are they really not getting the message? Or, or is it, as we say, a lot of people from out of town? Well, you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's all that stuff, I think. And it just really goes to show that, uh, you know, I, I still uh, I'm getting, find myself saying it's a, the King Street pilot. It's not anywhere. We know this is a permanent uh, uh, feature uh, in the city. But uh, you know, definitely when we were asked to look at some of the numbers over the, over the last couple of years, and we have a nice data set. Two years is quite a bit of time to sort of look at, uh, look at the, uh, the, the state of affairs. Um, 16,000 tickets. And that's for um, essentially where we just looked at the sign uh, violations. So where drivers uh, so, sort of turned left at these King Street intersections or went straight through the intersections uh, that were signed uh, as a prohibited movement. Um, it's not insignificant, for sure. We do know that uh, there's still violations that occur. But yes, Libby, I think it's fair to say this is a very unique piece, and always has been, um, a piece of real estate downtown, where it's transit priority, 
priority for people, the safe movement of people, and it's a real sort of destination hub with you know all the you know all the stuff that's going on King Street now. Uh, it attracts people to come down there. But in fairness, you know, it's it other than signs and and paint, um, you know, and, you know, it's there's no physical barrier stopping people from going in there. So it's still at the same time of attracting all these things. It's still vehicle friendly and and you know all that's a delivery friendly, all those things. And uh, you know, Ubers, cabs still use this uh, this area at the same time. So um, you know, we, we, there's there's uh, it's not an easy place to navigate for folks from out of town. That's for sure. Okay, I, uh, speaking of cabs, I have to tell a story because I could not believe this. About It must have been maybe four months ago, maybe five. I, I was in a taxi that I picked up, you know, west of Bathurst. I had my head down. I was working in the computer. And I picked my head up when the taxi driver is stopped by a cop because he's driving on King Street. And he begins to protest, you know, uh, with anguish in his voice. How could he have known and who? Who knew? And I was like, I'm looking at him saying, it's been like this for over a year. What are you talking about? Absolutely fair. And it, it's, it's one of those things that uh, right from the onset, working with the city of Toronto, transportation units, uh, uh, traffic services, and the, and the three police divisions that are down here as well that uh, this, the, the King Street Corridor uh, touches on, um, public messaging has always been a, been a huge key to it, both social media and the traditional media. We've been on, the, we've talked about this numerous times uh, about, about it. So uh, still a long way to go, but definitely we are seeing, I, I, and that's just not anecdotal from officers that are out there. I've been out here doing enforcement. I'm sitting on King Street right now. Um, and, and um, you know, it, it is a lot of folks from out of town that genuinely are looking around going, I didn't know. And, you know, the signs are clearly posted, but we know that people, uh, sign, you know, often uh, you know, don't see some of these signs, stop signs, things like that, uh, are, are also challenges around road safety. Okay, you know, Brett, we'll get back to you and ask you if you give some of them a break, but Councillor Holiday, should we give the tourists a break? Well, you know what, as, as strongly as I feel against uh, the council policy personally, it is the, the law of the land, and council made the decision to make that pilot permanent. And those signs are in place uh, to prohibit the movements, but if you break them, then I would say that you cause a safety risk because people are not expecting you to make that movement. So, you know, the key message is, is that you know, we expect drivers to follow the law. And uh, if a ticket's issued, the ticket's issued. I believe those signs are really clear. I've been down there many times myself, and I know that the city is going to be adding some LED signs to, uh, to make it even more obvious. I just think it's one of those situations that people are people. You know, you know when you see a path worn in the grass? And instead of taking the sidewalk, everyone takes the shortcut. I think people naturally want to drive through there, and I think people naturally disagree with the pilot, and maybe that's where they're finding themselves saying, ah, the heck with the sign, I need to go right there. Why would I go around the block? And I totally get it, but you do have to follow the rules. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, Sergeant Moore, do you, do you give the tourists a break when it's a tourist? You know what, I can tell you that... Uh, Individual officers always have that ability to make a judgment call at the roadside, and uh, I would suspect that definitely, yes, officers have given breaks for some of these. I can't tell you exactly how many or whatnot, but you know, I, I think um, to the you know to Councillor's point, the, these rules are in place for a reason. The, the, the signs, the intersections are heavily signed. All, you know, and some might argue overly signed, but they are extremely heavily signed. I just noticed now that all the paint has been freshened up at many of the uh, at the uh, the intersections here now, so it's quite obvious on the road too of the intention uh, and how this is meant to be used. But um, people are creatures of habit, and that's a great point that people get sort of um, maybe they've come down to King Street 
you know, last year, and I had spent it. It's you know, they don't come down here very frequently, and uh, they're used to a certain path. So, not making excuses. It's just one of those things that we see lots of tickets, but we know there's lots more offenses happening. Um, it's going to be one of those things that we uh, we keep an eye on. Its uh, offices are down here quite frequently doing uh, enforcement, and uh, we'll continue to uh, to do so. Have you noticed a lessening in the last few months since it became permanent? Yeah, I can tell you this again. I've got that sort of unique experience by. Uh, having the opportunity to speak with police officers that come down to do enforcement, I do it myself. Uh, I'm I'm personally seeing a higher rate of uh, compliance. People are, uh, you know, when you when you look at the people are getting the idea that they've got to turn right at the intersection, they can't go straight through or turn left. Um, but still, there's still plenty of, uh, of violations that's going on. Is 100% the number that we're going for? I, I think you know that that might be a little bit uh, naive to say that uh, everybody's going to comply with the signs at the intersections. Before the before uh, the pilot started and went into a permanent feature, King Street. It's always been heavily signed for prohibited left turns at uh, intersections during rush hour. So what's really changed is that uh, they've dropped the rush hour designation and made it permanent. And then they went made and what I think really is is uh, one of the bigger challenges is that straight through movement. People are so used to going straight through intersections and prohibiting that uh, that movement is, is taking some some time, not unexpectedly, to get uh, to get used to. You know, Libby, I, I wanted to raise one point I thought was important. It would be interesting to see if it's ever available as the time of day at which the ticket was issued. I think there's a big difference between somebody that makes one of those movements in rush hour and you know potentially puts people in danger. Versus somebody at, you know, four in the morning just trying to get home uh, that says, look, I, I live right there or I need to drop someone off on the curb right there and they slip through and, you know, perhaps they get a ticket because one of the things council did is they, they maintained those signs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And a lot of us argued, you know, you don't need those at night. There's no traffic on the street. There's no reason to do this other than to make a point through, uh, through this project to, uh, to make it transit only. And I think a lot of people really strongly feel that way, that, you know, these signs could have easily been relaxed over, overnight or on, uh, on quieter times on the weekend. Maybe they're just trying to create their own policy. Yeah, but I, you know what? I would bet, and, and uh, Sergeant Moore can correct me if I'm wrong, that there really isn't a lot of enforcement at four in the morning. Well, one of the, uh, the well, uh, there's lots of officers down here. Uh, King Street is, is essentially, the entertainment district used to be uh, almost exclusively east of Spadina, along Queen, King, and whatnot. You'll look now, far from it. The entertainment district stretches far west into uh, uh, into the different areas west of, of Spadina now. And so there's officers down there all the time on general patrols and whatnot. So there's lots of uniform presence, for sure. Um, dedicated to uh, enforcing these signs, um, no, uh, not uh, not at all hours of the night, but definitely officers are down there in high visibility. And if they see something, they can react to it. Uh, I'm going to take a call from Jerry in East York. And Jerry, you, you got to take it there. Yes, Hi. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, love your show. Um, I Yeah, I have a strong opinion about that. I, I've been in Toronto, like I said, for about four or five years. And um, I never go downtown. Like, I work a lot of places, but I don't, I don't drive downtown because it's so confusing and hectic. Like, I'm afraid to hit people. So uh, I got a ticket there a few months ago. Um, inadvertently, on my day off, I was just... I got onto King Street somehow, and I, I was vaguely aware that there is um, uh, a change down there, like a blocked off street. It, it's not obvious, like the cops saying, it's not obvious. Like, and, and the part I, it be, that it behooves me, it behooves the city, when they're making thousands and thousands 
of arrests there, um, traffic violations a month. Well, not arrests. Maybe they're they're writing these thousands of tickets. Yes, and I've looked it up, and um, because I was like, wow, this is really not very clear. It targets tourists or people who don't go downtown, and then. I heard opinions of people saying, well, you know, people should follow the law. No, I'm a very law-abiding citizen, but it's so confusing there, down there. It honestly is with the turn signals and everything. Anyway, okay, the money I will making, let I will let our my- guests respond to you, okay? Thanks, Jerry, oh. for your call. Sure. Okay, uh, so Jerry says, it's not obvious. Sergeant Moore? Well, you know, and I, I think there's many, many people that are listening that are just like that person, you're your last caller. And, uh, you know what, if you're not familiar, we say this all the time in road safety. You know what, you need to have, if you're dri- driving in other areas of the city is nothing like driving downtown Toronto, right? Especially if you're visiting from a from a, a, a suburb or, you know, a GT, a GTA community. Coming downtown Toronto is a totally different look and feel to driving. And you need 100% of your sort of spatial awareness to make that happen. Um, and, yeah, there's lots happening for sure that, uh, that divides your attention for sure. Um, forget, you know, we, I don't want to get into the cell phone conversation for sure, but um, yeah, there's lots happening. I, I, I mean, go right back to the beginning, right, Libby? King Street was broken, if you really think about it. I mean, you could walk faster during rush hour in many days than people could, than yeah. the, the streetcars or people could drive. Look at it now, it's awesome in terms of the way people, you know, people move, transit moves, it's got a totally different look and feel, and I think that was, and that was what people were going for, and that's what people wanted, uh, the local communities for sure. Um, but to, to to say that folks like your last caller are going to get it right 100% of the time, I see, you know, I you know, always try to put myself in the position of just the average person that's not from around here, that doesn't work downtown and is used to it. There's mistakes to be made for sure. Um, you know, luckily, uh, you know, that uh, there are violations of, of, uh, of signs, and, uh, and I don't have the stats to back it up, but I don't see a lot of instances of collisions, which is thankful. I think that's a, um, like it's an, an intended consequence of, uh, of, of the, the changes, but um, I do sympathize with some of the people that come down here that are not used to it. It's, uh, as I said at the beginning, a unique piece of real estate, a unique transit uh, area that uh, probably, I mean, the council can correct it, I don't think it exists in uh, North America. And you know what? I bet that $110 fine is going to help him uh, remember now. Let's go to Sam well, in Toronto. Maybe, can, I, can I add just one, one piece, though, about that $110 fine, though? And this is one of the reasons why I really fought against a change like this is because I'm not sure Jerry's ever going to come back down to King Street. You know, he's got the $110 reminder of his journey there. He said he's not awfully comfortable going into the city in general. And that's the concern I have is people that would otherwise have accessed downtown. They would have gone down to the restaurants. They would have gone down to the theater. Are now turning and saying, you know what? To heck with it. I'll go to Mississauga. I'll go to Vaughan. I'll go to Ajax. I think he said he was from. And I'll, I'll spend local, and I won't go into the city. And I've heard it over and over again, you know, people saying, you know what? It's just too much hassle to go down for a Blue Jay game or this or that event. Um, I'm going to turn away from downtown. And I, I think that's the really sad part about some of these things that we've done as council is, We've, um, we've persuaded people that would otherwise have taken the trip, uh, and we've made it very, very difficult for them, and they're making other choices. And, uh, you know, that, again, is the root of uh, why I was fighting some of these changes. And, you know, I think you make a very good point. And, again, back to those hapless tourists, you know, rather than saying Toronto's fantastic and I'm going to come back if all they remember is is this. I mean, I don't know if there's any way of enforcing their tickets, but, uh, I, you know, I would think that, that it's not the happiest 
tourist memories. Uh, people, what do you think? Uh, w- is this stopping you from coming to downtown Toronto? I know we have a lot of listeners from all the area around. Numbers 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. And let's go to Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. Hi, Libby. How are you? Um, what... Um you know, I, when I first came to Canada as a student, I went to college, and I was looking and I said, these folks in Toronto are such good citizenry. You know, they're so law-abiding, they're so good, it's squeaky clean and everything. But throughout the years, I, I, I see this uh, is deteriorate. You know, it's getting like uh, worse and worse, you know, and I can see it like gradually. And I think in my humble opinion, I think it's more to do with two things. Uh, unregulated, you know, this construction on a steroid, and, uh, you know, the streetcar, you know, that uh, comes in. And part of it is this is an immigrant city, you know, a lot of diverse, diverse culture. And I think something to do with uh, driving culture, too. So uh, it's a combination you mean, of You mean the, the driving culture of some of the places that people come from? Like, you know, I'm an immigrant, you know, I'm not... Yeah trying to blame immigrants. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, when you come into a very diverse city like Toronto and uh, you bring your background, you know, somehow, uh, subconsciously, you know, you drive in your own country, you know, the driving culture is a little well, bit different. I, I, I have been in many parts of the world where, where the driving is a lot scarier than it is here. That's and, you I'm know, saying. starting, exactly. starting exactly. with the place I grew up in, which is Montreal, Canada. Yeah, see? So I've been to Montreal. I used to go to uh, Concordia. So I remember, you know, every, every yeah. city has its own taste and its own uh, way of, you know, thing. But I can't re- you can't really blame the drivers because when they get frustrated day after day that every avenue is closed now, I'm not blaming the, uh, you know, the, what, do you, what do you call it, pilot, pilot thing. It's not thing. pilot, it's permanent. I know it's permanent, but I wanna, I'm, a, I'm a wishful dreamer. You know what I'm saying? I still think somehow he's going to think. But in a lot of ways, I think um, it's got to do with, uh, you know, when it's like a maze. In Toronto, it's like a maze. The construction is on a destroyed. And every avenue to you, you know, you try to go from Richmond is blocked. Adelaide is blocked. This one is one lane. This, And it's so frustrating after a while. Even law-abiding drivers, you know, they get to the point of frustration. And I'm not justifying it, but what I'm saying, at some point they say, you know what? I'm just going to not take it. And they probably, you know, go the wrong way or make a wrong turn or whatever. You know? And then, and if they get caught, it'll cost them. Sam, thanks of for course, your call. Of course, And they pay even, they get even more frustrated next time. You know uh, what I'm saying? So you're yeah. right. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's like a, a dead-end uh, circle. You know, okay. you keep, uh, and uh, that's thanks what I lot. think. Thank you. Okay, well, uh, yeah, he makes, uh, he, he makes, I think, some, some very good points, Councillor Hall. I mean, people are frustrated, even uh, if it's not King Street, there is a huge amount of construction. I mean, yep, I, I think he's y- yesterday, the nail on the head. I, I could not walk on a street to pick up my lunch because it was closed completely for construction. I mean, what well, can I say? It's the aggressive driving that's coming from congestion in the city. And we see it more and more. And it's anecdotal. And, and maybe I'm just getting older and grumpier. But <laughs> when, when I learned to drive, a yellow light meant stop as long as it's safely to do so, right? Like, it, it, you know, it's a cautionary. It's about to turn red. And 
you know, maybe the red light running is the canary in the coal mine of the way that people are becoming more and more aggressive. It just seems to me that the city is becoming more aggressive with its driving. And I think that's part and due to the frustration around all the congestion. People are taking more chances and saying, me first. And this is when you have those big accidents or big collisions because because uh, people are pushing the limit. I would like to make a point about that, and I've brought yeah. it up with the mayor time and time again. Uh, you're right about people turning on yellow lights, but there are many, many places in the city where there, it is legal to make a left turn, but there's absolutely no way to do it unless you go on yellow. And you have to be careful because the guy going straight is probably blitzing through the intersection as well. So yeah, that's a I problem. Got- if you have a legal turn, then you should do it in a way where it is going to be possible to make that turn. Well, that guy should stop because, you know, at some point you have to let the traffic through. And it's just people push the lights all the time because I think it's so congested. I think it's changed. And that's just my personal observation. Councillor Moore, uh, Councillor Moore, Sergeant Moore. Yeah, no, I think that all the all the above, right? I think the the city's uh, sort of team mascot was the Blue Jay, but it's turning into the crane now, and then with that brings a lot of uh, construction, right? That we've seen cranes all over the city now, um, and, and so it's, it it does lead to that. There is a sense of of uh, I guess anxiety. It, we always talk about uh, again coming from the road safety world, uh, talking folks to to slow down, uh, avoid aggressiveness, distractions. But there's you, you see it. People push. Um, it, it just again, it, it, it there's no sort of evidence to say that that's absolutely why it's happening but there is a sense and i think the average person feels that uh, that same thing happening in the city but um i have to fall solidly on the fact that you know what drivers have the highest level of responsibility they have to be aware of their surroundings uh, i lead eliminate distractions all those things um is what we have to ask people to do because uh you know yes there's traffic enforcement we're looking forward to uh some automated speed enforcement uh, coming at the end of the year to uh just you know set you know, set a, a different message in school and community safety zones for all of our areas of the city. But, um, you know, ultimately drivers uh, have to be aware of what's going on. But the realities are people are people. And, uh, you know, we, we see things boil over on our roads that we're not happy with. You see it on videos, all kinds of stuff That's, uh, nowadays. Let's hear from Bill in East York. Hi, Bill. You say you wouldn't go downtown if you got free hockey tickets. <laughs> no, Free uh, playoff hockey tickets. Okay, free playoff hockey. What? What about what about uh, basketball championship? No, I, I worked maybe I worked at Bay and Adelaide for, for for many many a year, and I love downtown. The restaurants. My wife and I used to frequent them all the time. But uh, you know, the officer said, "Well, they cleared up uh, King Street, and all the traffic is flowing." But what have they done to the to the other uh, adjacent streets? They probably just plugged them up more. And I think the councillor said they're going to go to, uh, what, LED signs? Like, how ill-conceived is this? What do we need to do? Have women out there in bikinis holding signs up going, hey, you can't do this? It's the war against the car. Watch it there, Bill. Uh, honestly, this, this may, they build this swamp, and they can't get into it enough. They'll bring more, you know, they'll start painting the roads, <laughs> more legislation, you know, more jobs. How many cops does it take to write 16,000 tickets? Okay, we'll, we'll ask Sergeant Moore that. Bill, thanks for your call. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to some of that. So, Sergeant Moore, what do you say to Bill? 
Well, you know what? There's always road safety is, is very polarized. People are very passionate about uh, on the two sides of it. You're uh, very diplomatic. And, well, I have to be right, yeah. but I mean, it's it's a, a fact that people are very passionate about their beliefs and what's going on, and um, it never uh, never bodes well for a police officer to weigh into politics. So I won't. But uh, but there's uh, but there's definitely uh, you know the, the the need for people when they're coming downtown. Um, you know, and I think it really is incumbent upon the police and the city to continue to get the message out there that the King Street uh, corridor exists, that there's, it's not the same as different parts of the city. It's a unique piece of, uh, of, of, of real estate, for sure, of our, of our roadway. And um, I, I think it just really goes to show that, um, yeah, that we've got some, some, definitely some work to do and uh, continue on the, with, uh, with the messaging about uh, the, uh, the differences here. And, uh, and that's sort of where we're at. We continue to do it. You know, uh, day in and day out down here for enforcement, but also you know there there is a softer side to policing too, right? We've uh, you know in, in the sense that we've got a you know, we listen to people's stories and you know officers are just like average people as well, and uh, if if uh, you know they use their their judgment to uh, to give to give breaks where where they're uh, deserving, then uh, that's likely happening as well. But uh, yeah, I think that's okay, people, if you get caught, you can. Try your story out on Sergeant Moore, and we'll we'll find we'll out if it if it if it works or not. Uh, Rafi and Scarborough, hi Rafi. Yeah, hi um, Libby. You know what? This looking street stuff. You know what? It's a commercial money making business for John Tory. You know that's what he does when he wants to pick your pocket. Do a pilot project. Come on. You know, he was actually not sense. thrilled about when it. When they introduce something like that, why these 25 councillors doesn't go on King Street and get the people actual feedback? Why, why don't they do this? Now, more than 16,000 tickets, that's more than 16,000 people who are actually against it. So this is complete rubbish. This is a revenue-making business for John Tory and the councillors. That's all it is, Libby. Thank okay, you. Rafi, thanks. R- Rafi can't count me, though. I voted against it. But, uh, but you know, the last couple callers raised a point. Despite an overwhelming vote with just a couple of us voting against the project, I think there's a lot of people out there that are upset about the change that's been made for a lot of reasons. Um, we're just in the situation. It is what it is. And my fear is, is the idea will continue to grow. And I'm not sure what that's going to do to downtown. Well, yeah, um, it's it's interesting. So I don't think people have, uh, or I think a lot of people have not come around to it, though, you know, a lot of people have also, okay, that's what it is. And, you know, we'll deal with it. Uh, before we wrap things up here, I did want to touch on another subject. The mayor was in studio a while back, and, and we were thrilled when he told us that, that uh, there was going to be a blitz to ticket really inconsiderate drivers who blast uh, whatever music they like so loud that the street shakes or who have these souped up mufflers. And I have numbers, you know, from June 29th to July 5th. That's about a week, 44 tickets. Sergeant Moore, is is this thing continuing or, are, you know, are you still stopping people who do this or is was it a one-week wonder? 
No, office, offices are still out there. Again, not dedicated every day, all day. Absolutely not. But offices are out there definitely uh, from traffic services. I know for sure um, going out to the, into those areas looking for those types of uh, offenses. Uh, but, you know, 44 tickets, I, I think, was something that was released uh, uh, to the news. Um, but think, think of it this way. Not too many people in souped-up cars uh, when they see an officer floor it. So I'm not so surprised where we get people making uh, complaints of noise and violations and stuff like that. And then when officers go, it's a little bit less, uh, I mean, it's a little bit more subdued. People are on their best behavior uh, when they see a uniformed police car. So we've got officers on motorcycles and bicycles and using different things uh, in these neighborhoods where people are... Uh, um, you know, raising the issue, and uh, we're we're out there for sure. And uh, and uh, but uh, it's 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 an ongoing uh, challenge in, in different communities. Again, downtown heavily developed um, areas tend to you know tend to echo these types of sounds and stuff like that. But uh, we'll we'll definitely continue to monitor. Okay, uh, we've got to wrap things up, uh, Councillor Holiday. What would you like to leave us with on this as we head into uh, the long weekend with lots of driving? Well, just uh, I hope people obey the signs. I mean, they're in place, uh, whether we agree with them or not, or how we personally feel. We've got to make sure that we follow the laws to make sure things are safe. But most importantly, when when council talks about these changes, like the pilot project that was put in in King Street and made permanent, speak up, speak your voice up, and uh, make sure you're heard. Because I went through this fight, and it wasn't a fair fight. It was overwhelmingly accepted by council, and I think... uh, You know, as I listen to your callers and many others, I'm not sure that everyone's mind is the same on it. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, And as you point out, you think that it will be introduced in other streets. And Sergeant Moore, how about you as we head into the long weekend? Well, definitely. We know, folks, it's the last long weekend of the summer and uh, definitely going to get the message out there about uh, not just King Street Pilot because we know there's way more road safety than just uh, King Street. Uh, so we're going to spend the spend the time on the long weekend uh, out there paying attention to uh, uh, impaired drivers, drivers on our highways and our roadways that are speeding, distracted, those things. So our big four offenses, we're going to be out there and uh, uh, along with other uh, police services across the province and uh, looking for those types of violations to keep it safe. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Councillor Stephen Holliday and Sergeant Brett Moore. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.